Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And of course, thank you for leaving me iTunes reviews. I ask you for these iTunes reviews every week. It doesn't mean they're less important. It just means that I ask you every week. So if you can get onto that, thank you very much. Also, if you want to contact us on Twitter, please do so. You can contact me, Tim, and Phil at Egg Chasers, that is at Rugby Podcast, or myself, that's at Jay Beardmore, or of course, if you want to contact this podcast, The Rugby Dungeon, it's at The Rugby Dungeon. Right, here's an interview. Enjoy it. Right, I am delighted to be joined by Mr. Liam Gill. Now, before we get into this, Liam, I'm going to embarrass you straight straight off the bat. I tried to find some information about you, and uh, quite frankly, the only thing which really came back was Carl Fern saying, you're one of the best flankers he's ever played with. No, scratch that, the best flanker he's ever play, played with. <laughs> that's uh, that's awfully nice of him. <laughs> well, uh-huh. he, well, he doesn't say much, but when he does say something, I tend to listen. <laughs> yeah, me too. I found that out pretty quick since uh, since moving to Leon. Yeah, uh, how how are you enjoying it there? But I'm I'm loving it. It's um it's certainly a change up to any of the rugby I've played before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a great little French city. The team's been flying for the moment. So uh, so the move up here has been outstanding. Yeah. Now, but before we get into the uh, the rugby side. What have you actually been been doing today? I always like to know what players have been doing in their day in their day to day activities. <laughs> I uh, you must have known. We um, so today's our day off. Okay. We uh, a few of us got in the car and drove out to a rehab clinic where Fernsey's doing his rehab for his knee. Oh, nice. So you uh, you wanted to visit him? Yeah. So we we went out to make sure the big fella's still kicking. He. Um, he radioed in on Monday and said it was a pretty pretty mentally tough setup out there. So he went went out to make sure he was all right and see how he was going. Yeah, I th- he told me that he was off to a rehab clinic. I thought that was bizarre. He's only done it like I don't know three or four weeks ago. So what's he actually doing there? Why do you need a rehab clinic? Uh, it's just around the clock care for the big fella. So it's the physios and just the first stages of of getting his knee back in order. So he's just out there for two weeks mm-hmm. for the time being to uh, to make sure his knee's tracking well just for the start of his rehab. Excellent. Uh, who did you go with? Uh, so Toby Arnold, Dylan okay. Armitage, and uh, myself went out to say good day to him. 
Oh, nice. A uh, good bunch of boys. Yeah, I've uh, I've slotted in. There's a great great bunch of both the foreign lads and the French lads here. Um, so it's it's been great. They've looked after it well, and uh, and it's it's been good to spend some time with uh, with some blokes I, I haven't had the chance to in in the rugby circle. Mm. Now, what were you doing on Saturday morning? Because I imagine that you were what that you're watching the game. Uh, I sure was. I sure was. We uh, we had a slow start. I got split open again on Friday night, so it was a slow slow start to the morning. Yeah, but uh, but I fired up for the test, uh, and lucky I did. Yeah, it was it was it, it was hell of a game. Did you expect that result? Uh, I did expect that result. Uh, New Zealand always fight it tough in Brisbane. I don't know why, um, and they were down a few key players. So uh, so I thought that if we were going going to get them. We uh, we had our chance on Saturday and we took it. Yeah, do you know what? I, I mean, I'm delighted you did. I I really am delighted. But <laughs> I just thought that that second Bledisloe, the heartbreak after it, after it would have just stole you know stolen the spirit from the team. That's kind of what I thought. So it's even more amazing that they did do it to bounce back. I uh, I think that game in Dunedin was one of the best games of of rugby I've seen the Wallabies play in a, in a long time. Yeah. What do you think that that changes because I mean let's face it the first blood is low was pretty dire for you for you guys. Yeah, but I have no idea. I've been really out of the loop in Australian rugby since I've left. Mm. Um Ch- Czech is a very, very fiery character, so I'm guessing his, his pre-match speech must have been pretty uh, pretty inspiring, and he fired the troops. Yeah. Now, with you being over in France, do you have a, a bit of an Aussie clique you, that you keep in touch with, or is it very much, you know, you're in your new club and that's where your friendship groups are? No, no, no. So I've got, I've got a fair few blokes I keep in touch with back home. Mm. Um, I've, mind you, a lot of my friends do come from the rugby circle, back home uh so they're a lot of the ones that i do keep in touch with so i i slowly keep myself in the loop with what's going on but but it's more of a, a touch base with uh with how they're tracking back home as mates not uh not so much as footy mates yeah yeah um yeah makes sense um i always thought though for some reason that australians kind of sort of band like banded together uh and the and the new zealanders particularly in france <laughs> we uh, we've got a lot, lot of common ground. It's uh, it is a different world for us moving over here. Uh, fitting into the rugby and and the way of life in France is is different. So maybe it's maybe it's easy for us to uh, to stick together and get through. But um, but I've actually found it's been pretty good at both the French clubs I've played for. There's been foreigners from all over the globe, and uh, and I've found that they really have stuck together and helped helped each other out. Yeah, because it's possible to fit in. Yeah, and you had a really, really good contingent in Toulon as well. I mean, you had some some top class, bo- some top class boys there. Yeah, mate, it was incredible in Toulon. Um, it's it's an incredible club, as I, as I'm sure a lot of the public's heard. But uh, but to play with some of the players down there was was absolutely outstanding, and and they helped me with my footy and, and fitting into French life really well now whilst it's on my mind uh, i have to have to bring this up and feel free to keep your counsel on this but uh, i am based up in manchester in the northwest so obviously um i was keeping track of the sale game this weekend yes now uh, tell me this um that last penalty uh, that was a fairly amazing could you call it piece of skill by um, by one of your boys in the contact area <laughs> Yeah, we uh, 
Yeah, we were a bit shocked by it as well. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say regarding that. I don't know what went through uh, through our guy's head. I, I don't know what went through the ref's head, but, uh, but we're they... pretty, pretty stoked with the end result, really. So. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Like, uh, regardless of what the outcome was or, you know, what the upshot was of that actual manoeuvre, what struck me is the guy, uh, who, who was the guy that did it, by, by the way? Uh, it was our, our spare back rower. Right, okay. What got me is, like, he must have carried the ball about a million times. And not once in that million times, I bet he's ever thought of doing that. And I don't know what must have come over him to think, yeah, this is a great idea. Well, Turns out it was. Well, I've, uh, I've seen back rowers carry it probably a couple of million times, and not once have I seen, seen a display like that. But, um, but it got the job done. I can't argue too <laughs> Well, do, do you know what it reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of like the Lions, the second test or the third test, when one of the guys jumped into the tackle and Charlie, what's his name, uh, took them in the air. And it was, you know, completely the wrong decision to to give the penalty for that. But it's the same sort of thing. And I wonder if uh, we're going to see us more often, because if you're in the air, you can't be touched and that'll be it. Yeah, it's, it's a funny rule. I don't necessarily agree with if you've got the ball and you take yourself in the air, then you're untouchable. I don't yeah. agree with that. But um, but there's a big emphasis on player safety, and I think that's where it sits for the moment. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And, uh, I mean, I was up in sale, uh, well, actually yesterday, and obviously there was a pro about it there. But, you know, refs get it wrong, and there's no TMO. You've just got to live with it. No, no. it's uh, Unfortunately, it's the way it is. And when you play... When you play at, at French grounds at their home ground, sometimes calls like that do go the way of the home team. So now you've been well. I was going to say you've been making quite a name for yourself. You've already got quite a name for yourself, but you really have really have taken off since uh, going to, to Toulon. Why did you go to Toulon? Because you're only still 25 now. Yeah, it was it was a big call. Um, it's something I'd always been really interested in. Uh, Playing rugby overseas was something I always wanted to do. Um, why I did it so early, I, <laughs> I'm not sure I've got a definite answer for it. But for the three or four years prior to that, I was pretty stuck in Australia. Um, mm. I couldn't get back into the Wallabies team. I couldn't really make a name for myself in Australian rugby. Um, I was playing good football for the Reds. Uh, I mean, our success started to drop off. Um, and so I thought it was a very fitting time. I missed out on the World Cup, mm. and, uh, and on the back end of that, I thought it was my time at least uh, for a short stint uh, to come over and, and have a crack. I did want to throw myself in the deep end as well, so France kind of ticked all the boxes for me. I wanted to, uh, to jump into a new culture, a new new style of rugby. That's uh, That's been a big shock. Yeah. Um, but also the new language and uh, and fitting into a new culture has been uh, has been a bit of fun. Interesting, you said that you felt a bit stuck in Australia. I've heard other lads say that. Do you think the Aust- you know the way the, Aust- the way Australia sets up its rugby can get a little bit kind of like a goldfish bowl at times? Uh, it it can be. Um, I mean, I, I thought I was in a pr- pretty interesting position myself. Um, I was stuck behind two of the best players in the team. Mm. Um, so. so Regardless of how well I played, I was always going to find it really tough to make the setup. So from my point of view, that's that's what stuck. Um, I can't really speak on behalf of 
the other players for Australian rugby. But um, but it it does have that position. If you if you're playing Super Rugby and you can't go any further, I guess you do argue that you're stuck. So yeah, I guess you see that's why a lot of players uh, are interested in moving overseas. I mean, the economy overseas for both. Uh, financially and the style of rugby and uh, the level of rugby played is only getting bigger and bigger. So, I mean, the value for Australians to move overseas is quite high. Yeah. Do, I mean, not that you can control these sort of things, but do you think it might have been different if you and Mackenzie would have stayed as as a, as a Wallabies coach? Uh, it certainly does come down to which coach you have. Uh, picks the team, obviously. Um whether or not it changes a few things, I'm not sure. Um, I had had a couple of really good seasons playing for Ewan. I'd played for Ewan with the Wallabies as well. So, mm. sure, it may have changed a few things, but uh, but unfortunately, that's the way it is. And uh, and to be totally honest, since leaving Australia, I've, I have loved my footy. Mm. And uh, and I've loved my time both at Toulon and for the first start of the season up here in Lyon. Just out of interest, and by the way, a, a terribly unprofessional question. Uh, what is you and Mackenzie up to now? Uh, the last I heard, he was town planning for the redevelopment of the earthquake in Christchurch. Are you joking? No, so he's a town planner by trade. What? He's completely out of rugby? For the time being. I uh, I dare say we'll, we'll see his face again in the rugby circle, but uh, but to my knowledge, that's uh, that's the last thing I've heard he's, he's been doing. Wow, I I did not expect that answer. I thought you were going to say he's uh, coaching rugby in a school or something. No, no. So he uh, he completely went uh, went out of the rugby circle mm. and uh, went back back to the books and back to what he studied. Wow. So can you just tell me like what kind of coach coach is he? What 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 kind of uh, rugby does he get you boy? Did he get you boys playing? Uh, so we we were playing expansive rugby. I mean, I was lucky enough to be playing with the likes of. Will Genya and Quade Cooper at the time, so our our style, whether you and liked it or not, was going to be very expensive. Um, <laughs> but what he tried to do was just get a good structure set up, uh, playing with our flair. Uh, we were a very fit team, so we we did try and keep the ball in attack a lot. Um, mm. I, I think we had one of the best to co- best defence coaches that I played with in Yvemma. Uh, mm-hmm. In uh, one of our best defensive coaches, in Matt Taylor, who's up in up coaching for Scotland now, I think. Oh, is he? And uh, and so our defence was was rock solid, and uh, and our attack was expansive. So that's that's what he wanted, and he was very good with the player management side of things mm. uh, when I was when I was playing for him at the Reds. Yeah, defence coach is an interesting one for me because, yeah, well. I'd like to know, your, to know your opinion. What makes a good defence coach? Because they all seem to say pretty much the same thing. Line speed, stay square and connected, be aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough old topic. I mean, rugby in general is tough because it is, it is how you kind of pick which way to attack the same set of rules. So it's it's funny, but Tatsy was... He, he, he was a legend. He was uh, he was very passionate about it. Yeah, uh, and I'm not sure. It, it was just it was just the aura that he had around him that really made us want to defend for him. Um, 
And I think we were the best defensive team in the competition uh, for the couple of years that he was with us. So it worked. Um, we had a couple of little plays which, which were not like the usual, just in switches and, and different types of attacking defence. But um, How do you mean all, all in all? Uh, uh, sorry, Liam, carry on. Uh, but no, I was just going to say, all in all, it's it was just his passion that we wanted to defend for. So I can't really can't really give you a technical point of difference, but uh, but he was just a legend. <laughs> yeah, it does seem to be half the battle is getting everyone really really enthusiastic. I mean, I know Saracens have brought wolves down to training and all sorts. So <laughs> you know, it does sort of stack up what you're saying there. Just out of, as a matter of interest, what is a what is a switch in a switch uh, in defence? So we'd, we'd send a couple of our, our outside and inside centre in to uh, to jam off set pieces, and then the back row would 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 fill in on the outside. So it was just a different picture to show the defence. So uh, if, okay. if they were attacking short all the time, we'd uh, we'd have a couple of guys hit them from the blind side and, and let the guys in front of them kind of just passively take the outside. So it was just just a few different pitches, a few different trips which were used that uh, that really did pay off. Who have been some of the better coaches that that you've worked with then? I mean, obviously you've, you've um, mentioned um, Matt Taylor and uh, Ewan McKenzie there, but you've actually gone through quite quite a few coaches. Uh, you had, <laughs> what, three last year in Toulon? Yeah, I had three last year in Toulon. I had three the same year for the Reds. Um, <laughs> and now it's more of a structured setup in, uh, in Leon. So in the last three years, I've had about eight coaches <laughs> that's eight amazing coaches. isn't it it's yeah i was start starting to question myself there for a little bit yeah but, well yeah it, i mean it's so tough uh, i think did you go through a lot of coaches in the reds because of course you and went to the wallabies and then toulon's toulon yeah toulon's toulon uh the reds was a funny old setup in itself um where it it was changing it was a time of change and it just so happened to fall in that year um, so I actually had Matty O'Connor, the Leicester coach, yeah, yeah, uh, back at the Reds. Um, he was great. You uh, and Mackenzie, when uh, when we were playing for the Reds in 2011, um, was that's that's been my best year of rugby, my first my first year and my f- most favourite year. Um, but last year was great. Uh, Cockers Cockers was a great coach when he came in and. Uh, and helped us through to the finals, and uh, and I'm really enjoying playing for Pierre Mignone this year. He uh, he's got all of his all of his stuff lined up. He's got a great staff behind him, and the setup is uh, is good. Yeah, and, and and does Pierre bring what I'd say almost like a, st- a stereotypical French passion? Because you, you do hear about uh, the French dressing rooms being a little bit more lively, should I say, than uh, others? <laughs> he sure does. He sure does. He. Uh, he loves it, that's for sure. He um, he's not shy with really stepping up and, and making sure the boys are ready for the uh, for the battle. It um, it seems to be a French trait, um, and he certainly does carry it. Uh, I, I think he manages it very well. Mm. So it's not it's not completely <laughs> French, but, <laughs> uh, but the way he goes about it is good. Yeah, do you think the the influence of Australian players, South African players, so on and so forth, on the French teams is, and this isn't to be disrespectful to the French, but pushing the level of professionalism up? Uh, 
I think it is. I, th- I think it's making the comp- competition harder. Um, I mean, you're getting a lot of good talent from all of the Southern Hemisphere countries come up. So I think the talent pool's becoming bigger. Yeah. Uh, and the tournament's becoming harder. I mean, there's there's no easy games that you can kind of pick off during during the top 14 season. So I think I think it it does um, just because it's such a hard competition that you need to you need to really stay on top of it to keep your players out on the field. Yeah, do you know what amazes me about the top 14 and looking at some of the teams is the amount of talent which and again not being disrespectful the amount of talent I've never heard of that comes from, say, New Zealand or South Africa. I've never heard the guy, but he's 25 or 26 playing second row in Toulouse or somewhere. And you think, Christ, he's never played Super Rugby, but he's clearly a very, very good player. And the French League seems to be filmed with these guys who would be doing great things if they weren't in France. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a shock to me as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys coming from the Southern Hemisphere. There's a lot of players that you come up to the Northern Hemisphere and I've never heard of. Yeah, that um, that do great things for the French clubs here. So, I mean, you think from the southern hemisphere because you don't ever hear of the players you're playing against. It's it's not going to be easier, but you just got that unknown. But um, but that gets smacked out of you pretty quick. <laughs> uh, when you were looking at going over overseas, did Toulon come to you or did you approach them? Was it a bit of a shock that it all panned out that way? Uh, it happened very quick. Um, it was it was a it was both. I was really looking to come to a successful team, mm. um, Toulon, which is very very successful. Um, and I think it came through a recommendation to them through. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, through John Conley, one of the old Australian coaches. Okay. That uh, through the rugby circle happened to uh, happen to line up in in their window, which they were looking for a back rower. So it was just one of those lucky lucky strikes of timing, I think, for myself. Do you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because I interviewed. I think uh, I think it was Drew Mitchell that told me. I've interviewed Drew Mitchell. I've also interviewed Matt, Matt Gitter. But I think it was Drew Mitchell that said this. He said that he was recommended by someone else. He was recommended by someone else, and basically, a lot of the players in Toulon are all recommendations of other players in Toulon. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe I've got a th- few Australians to thank for uh, for my time there last year. Yeah, and on that note, have you recommended anyone else to Toulon? Uh, I haven't recommended anyone to Toulon, no. Uh, that sounds uh, like you might have recommended someone to Leon, though. 
I've, uh, if, if we've had an issue, I've, I've, and if they've asked me, I've certainly uh, certainly tried to help out where I can. <laughs> now, um, the other thing about uh, uh, Toulon is it's relatively, it's famously almost unstructured in how they how they do things. Very player led. Uh, do you prefer that kind of environment or an environment which is more, say, structured with um, you know with a bit more of a co- with a bit more of a coaching coaching setup? Uh, I'm not really sure. It comes down to the squad you have. Um, in in Toulon, I mean, you're very fortunate. You've got some of the best players in the world playing rugby for the same club. So that can be a very player-driven club. Um, in Lyon, for the time being, we've got a we've got a youngish uh, a youngish squad. So I think we need a player-driven, uh, sorry, a coach-driven setup. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it doesn't bother me. Um, a player-driven setup is, is obviously a, a bit more bit more relaxed and a bit more down down to your personal self to get to get everything ready. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's kind of nice to uh, to get a kick up the ass and have a coach that uh, that really does drive the whole squad to make sure everything's moving smoothly. Were you fortunate enough to play with Johnny Wilkinson? Or was that just a little bit before your time? No. So he uh, he was finished unfortunately just before I got down there. Yeah, it must have been either year year before or maybe back to back seasons. And yeah, I, I think so. I, uh, I certainly would have loved to. Now, just looking at the squad that Leon have assembled, you would be mistaken, wouldn't you, if the untrained eye to say it does look a little bit like a Toulon squad from a few years ago. <laughs> There's been a few players uh, take the highway north. <laughs> it, um, it can't. So Pierre obviously was at Toulon mm. uh, three years ago, and uh, and dragged a few players up, um, which I think has worked out pretty well. And uh, and I think myself and uh, Jonathan Police are being being the latest of the two to uh, to arrive. Now, why might that be? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I have absolutely no idea. It's um, I'm, I'm guessing it's because Pierre came from Toulon and wanted a few other players to come with him. Mm. Um, yeah, but I've got I've got no idea why that happens. Um, you can't really explain a whole lot of, of what goes on in in the French league. It uh, <laughs> it just manages to happen, and people accept it, and it keeps moving forward. So no, I think it, uh, I think it might be like that. I mean, you obviously played Leon last year, so you knew what they what what they were about. And actually, I think this is the first ever Leon team that has managed to stay up um, because they've been promoted before, but they've always gone straight back down. So this is the first team to stay uh, to spend consecutive seasons in the top fourteen. Are, are you surprised in any way how well you guys are doing? Uh, I am surprised. Yeah, I um, I was very optimistic coming up to Leon. But um, but to be seven and one, I think would surprise even the best of teams. That's incredible. So it but it, it has been incredible. It's it's been, I think for Toulon last year we won three away games in the whole season, which is really which is the the way it worked. And and this year we've won our three away games already. So it's quite quite surprising. It um, it's certainly not something I didn't think could happen. But uh, but for things to have worked this well is uh, is a big surprise. Yeah, it's quite incredible. What, what do you put the 
success of winning away to? Because uh, you've got some no- noticeable wins. I mean, start from say you beat beat them away. I, I do believe. Is that right? Yes. Yep. We. Um, I think we've just been willing to play. So our, our defense, our defense has been able to strangle teams out of scoring tries. And uh, and we've been willing to chance our arm and play. And so far this season, it's it's paid off. We've had some we've had some good setups from the forwards, and then our backs have just been electric. So it's been nice to uh, nice to sit back and watch a few few full length uh, tries being scored. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I think it's that away form. I mean, it's almost it's silly to say this, uh, and also I don't, you know. And also, it's not, I guess, what you want to be considering because because you're top of the table. But from Leon's po- point of view, you've almost done your shift for away games for the entire season now anyway. It's almost like you're safe from whatever happens next and you can just concentrate on playing your rugby. Yeah, it certainly gives us a lot of leeway to uh, to keep to keep playing. Um, the style of footy we've tried to play so far has been, been great. I mean, when we've had the ball, we've wanted to attack. So... It, um, having a great start has really opened ourselves up to go to teams and, and be able to keep attacking and not not play for bonus points or play for losing bonus points. We can really go there and have a genuine crack at winning. Now, another team which has surprised a lot of people, particularly in the UK, because it's the first time that we've seen them, is La, is La Rochelle. Um, why are they so? Why are they so good? I mean, I've literally only saw them last year lose to Gloucester, uh, and then they battered Harlequins last week, and they absolutely annihilated Ulster on the weekend. What's going on there? Do, do, do you know? Uh, La, La Rochelle, I think, is similar similar to us. They um, they've got a good pack of forwards, and their backs are, are dangerous. So last year they they won our tournament. Well, they won our regular season by a country mile yeah that they, they were the standouts they were the standout team by three games so they uh they have been impressive for for more than 12 months now um it doesn't surprise me one bit to see them going really well in heineken cup i think they'll give it a good shake because they're not your classical french team i was about to say they, that they don't rely on their malls or their their scrummaging they rely on their ability to score tries, and uh, and I think I think that's what uh, what might get them through to the deeper stages of the European Cup. Well, judging by the first two two rounds, they're making the playoffs, that, um, and that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be great to see. It's it's good to see good good football like that getting uh, getting the teams into the finals. It's nice to see. Now, from your experience of Pro Four Pro Fourteen, sorry, Top Fourteen, I've got to get that right. Um, <laughs> Are there any other hidden gems of uh, French teams that we might not know over here um, in the UK? Uh, it's it's been hard to really tell so far. The start of the season's tough because you you genuinely you generally lose your away games and win your home games, so it hasn't really set too many teams apart. Mm. La, La Rochelle are good. Um, Toulon will be their usual selves. They'll they'll get get themselves to the finals and then have a crack. Uh, as for up and comers, cast are always thereabouts. Yeah, they um, they can really throw a surprise in the mix, which is which is quite scary. Um, 
And Mont Montpellier, I think, will be the resting giants this year. I think oh. they've got the squad to really do some damage in both competitions. Oh, the, those boys are, are monstrous, absolutely monstrous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from from their prop to their winger. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're six foot, what, six and a half foot, something like, something yeah, like that. Yeah, six foot. Um, now Montpellier's, uh, what, their, their inside centre is six three, six three, and their winger is six four, six five. Yeah, yeah, and plenty heavier than I am. Yeah, massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th I think you're completely right there. I, I think their loss against Exeter is really going to affect them, but they'll, I think they'll probably still make it through to the uh, latter stages of the Heineken. Yeah, I, th I think they'll be fine. I, I think they'll, uh, if anything, that might be a bit of a smarten up for them to, to fire back up. Mm. Now, you, we've already discussed that you've kind of taken a bit of an unusual route with your rugby. But it does get a little bit more unusual because uh, a bit of a sevens expert too. <laughs> I, I'm more of a, of a cameo man for the sevens. I've, um, <laughs> I've had a couple of stints back, but I've only put together four four tournaments. So I've done done two two of the World Series and mm -hmm. then two Commonwealth Games. So I uh, I do do get labelled with the title of the sevens player, but. Um, <laughs> Mind you, it comes with not a whole lot of experience. Where does this sevens background come from, then? Because I've been reading like other interviews with yourself, and it almost seemed like it's a bit of a shock. Yeah, it, it was a shock. We have we have no real pathway for the sevens. Um, there's only a handful of clubs in Australia that offer sevens outside of school, and during school, it's it's non-existent. Mm. Um, so I graduated. Um, moved into the Reds Academy and a couple of weeks into that got a call asking if I'd like to come down and trial for the sevens team. So, which I which I absolutely jumped at. Uh, went down to Canberra, had a crack, found myself on, on the tour for, for a couple of the tours and then went to the Commonwealth Games. So it, uh, it, was, it was straight from zero to a million miles an hour in the space of about four months for, for my sevens career. And how did um, and how did you enjoy your sevens career? Because it is it is very different, isn't it? You go on tour and end up um, you know in you know I don't know. Well, actually, it's been in Las Vegas, it's been in Paris. You know, the tour goes everywhere. I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, it's it's been some of the most fun football that I've played. We uh, we had a great tour. So my first one was in Vegas. So I got flown straight to school to Vegas. Which uh, which was outstanding. We uh, we had a fair bit of fun there, and and but it's great. The whole setup. You're only fifteen blokes, twelve travel, and the squad's you know a little bit bigger. Mm. So you get a great great group of blokes. Um, we had an Australian rugby league legend coaching us. So he had he had done done the playing route, and uh, and was our coach, who was who was great. So. But we had nothing but fun. We had a we had a pretty successful year, and uh, and I loved it. Um, I had already signed a Super Rugby contract at that stage, so it was literally a, a once-off year for me to uh, to have a crack at sevens. Um, and I loved it. I can't speak highly enough of it. That's amazing. So so you literally went from school over to Las Vegas. Yeah. So I think I finished school in November. December went on the schoolboys tour, got back for Christmas, and then in February I was flying to Vegas. So but, it was it was straight into it. 
That is actually the thing of dreams. <laughs> Mate, I couldn't believe it. I was still seventeen, and I was flying to Vegas. I couldn't, I couldn't drink in Australia. Left it in America. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few hurdles to overcome, but um, but mate, I was I was in shock. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, you mentioned drinking. It's it's a funny one. I was out in America uh, only a few weeks ago to watch because obviously the Premiership had that had that game over there. But the game yep. before that was uh, was Oxford University, and the authorities made all the players from Oxford University wear special wrist, special wristbands uh, after the game to ensure that they weren't drinking because they're on age. Well, yeah, because most university teams are like under 21. So you have these enormous yeah. guys, all like six foot something, just with these stupid little bands on drinking Coke. They were furious. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, uh, I have been hit with that before. So I, I laugh. I laugh because I know the feeling. Yeah, and it's over now. Um, do you think that Sevens uh, drastically improved you as a player or was it just more of a fun thing to do? Uh, I think it did. Um, the skill set in it is completely different. Um, your, your pass and your tackle has got to be spot on, otherwise your team's no good. Yeah. Um, so it, it's more of a, a pressure situation to practice your, your basic skills. So I think for that it made me a better player. Um, it's certainly a world different to what you encounter for – even schoolboy football to super rugby to top 14, it's very different. Mm. Very different. So it certainly didn't get me ready uh, for the style of rugby, but it was a great, great setup to, uh, to obviously keep fit, but, uh, but to practice those skills um, at an international level um, under extreme pressure. Yeah, I imagine so. And, you know, very quietly, you're going about your business, uh, going to finals in. Well, you've already got a Super Rugby title. You've all, you've uh, you've been to finals with Toulon. You've got your sevens experience. You're quietly amassing a very impressive CV, which a certain national team could probably be interested in in the future. That's got to be on your radar. Uh, going back for international football. Yeah. Uh, it certainly is. It certainly is. I mean, you can never get enough of playing international football. Um, I do. I do miss it. Uh, I do wish I got more of a chance at it. Um, and if the chance did come up again, I'd I'd jump at it in a heartbeat. But um, but for now, the the rules don't allow it, and uh, and I'm enjoying my time in France. So I do hope that's a tough hurdle I got to jump over in the near future. But uh, but we'll wait and see. Now, would the weather in the premiership be prohibitive to a move for you coming over here no absolutely not oh really you're not um uh you're not one of those guys no no i'd be i'd be quite happy to sink my claws into uh, into a bit of bit of english footy yeah well uh did 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 you ever express any interest before you left left australia of coming over uh yeah i had a i had a look um it was it was tough for me to get. Now I had to go through a visa application process because I hadn't played for the Wallabies in I think it was eighteen months or two years. Mm. So when I left, I actually had to go through the the whole visa um, and getting accepted oh, into see. the league. So for the time being, it was actually easier for me to come into the French league. Um, but moving forward, there's absolutely no reason why I can't uh, can't jump into the English league. Awesome. Um, all right. 
I've just got one last question for you then, unless another one pops into my mind in the meantime. <laughs> so uh, we started for, with, with a quote from uh, Mr. Carl Ferns, and I, I think I'll end with a question from Carl Ferns, which is, uh, why are you called Trevor? <laughs> Trev's, Trev's a little demon that lives inside of me that comes out every now and again. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I, I've treated the Leon blokes to him straight away. So uh, I think Fernsey was was taken back by him and uh, and obviously enjoyed it. Uh, when was Trevor lost out and, and, when, and when is he out again? <laughs> He'll be out soon, no doubt. Uh, his last performance was probably a couple of weeks ago when, when we went up to support the lads playing playing racing in Paris and uh, and I think I think I think our support <laughs> it was both Fernsey and Trev I think our support got the boys across the line that well I mean in that case it, it's a well a well worthwhile endeavor um, I, I assume you'll be traveling up with Leon to the to the European game in December is it December or January it'll be January uh, I think it's in January I think we played Toulouse in December yeah no, no, they'll be back to back in January because you'll have back to back. Yeah, yeah, Toulouse and then Cardiff and then Sale. And we come, yeah, come your way for January. So, yep. so it, it, it'd be great to catch up with uh, Liam Gill, but it'd even be, be it'd be even better to meet Trevor after in Manchester. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see what we can muster up. I dare say he might come out to play. Excellent. Um, just for our listeners, um, where can we find you on social media? Are you active on any particular channel? I'm horrible on social media. Um, I've got no Twitter. I've got no Facebook. Um, I've got an Instagram account, which is which is private, oh. <laughs> and uh, and it's only for for fishing and spearfishing. So <laughs> I'm pretty ordinary on the social media front. I'm sorry. Right. So if you want to find Liam Gill, you're only going to be able to find him by watching high quality rugby that Leon play. So get, <laughs> there we go. Get onto your TV. Watch Leon. Perfect. Mate, you've been uh, been an absolute joy to talk to. Really hope you go well in this season's top 14. And with a little bit of luck, we're going to see you not only in a Wallabies jersey, but before that, sometime in the uh, the Premiership too. (laughs) I hope so. Thanks for the chat, JB. All right, mate. Cheers.